0: When you think of the accounting profession, a lot of words come to mind, but I'm willing to bet radical isn't one of them. My guest today is trying to change that. Jody Paydar leads the New Vision CPA group outside Chicago, and she's the author of The Radical CPA. Today, she'll tell you about some radical technology changes coming to accounting, how they'll impact your career, and what you can do to prepare.
1: Find a job that is going to help you keep up with everyone else, because I truly believe that you don't want to get caught in a firm that
0: isn't changing. And then in today's coaching note, I'll tell you about a free software tool that removes ads from your web browsing and how it saved me from reading celebrity gossip. All this coming up on Abacus. Let's go. Learn everything you need to know to have a successful and fulfilling accounting career. Whether you're on the partner track or you're making your own path, this is Abacus. My guest today is Jody Paydar from the New Vision CPA Group. She's the author of The Radical CPA, and she's focused on helping accountants embrace changes in technology so you don't just survive the coming changes, but thrive by adopting them. I got the chance to chat with Jody on the phone from her office outside Chicago.
1: If you know your party's extension... Please enter it now. New Vision, this is Jody.
0: Hi, Jody. It's Bob Birchtold. How are you today? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Is now still a good time for a call? Yeah. All right. Jody, welcome to Abacus. Thanks for having me. Today, we're going to talk about technology changes in accounting. What changes are coming soon, how that will impact your career, and how you can prepare yourself. But before we dive into all that, I asked Jody to share a little bit about her background and experience. How do you answer the question, what do you do?
1: (laughs) All right, that's a pretty good question. So um, I actually run a CPA firm, except I run it using technology, which is significantly different than I would say what a traditional firm does. So even though we do tax and accounting and payroll and all those traditional things, we're almost like a startup in that everything that we do is it's basis is in technology. It's not as though we start with the knowledge piece. We start with tech and we put knowledge on top of it, which is very different than what I would consider a traditional old school CPA firm.
0: That's definitely, definitely different than my experience with CPA firms. Yes, that's actually really interesting. That's why I wanted to have you on the show today. <laughs> uh, and so how did you end up there? It sounds um, like something a lot of people would like to eventually be doing, but they don't really know how to get to where you are today.
1: My first job out of school was actually um, at Price Waterhouse Coop. Well, it was Price Waterhouse then; it wasn't Coopers, right? It was just PW at that time. And I was in their tax technology group. And so, like, my very first job was using technology, even though it was, you know, 1994, and we were using DOS prompts and this newfangled thing called Windows was just starting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we were actually like I was doing technology in the tax world, right? So, and that I, that was my first job out of school. PW changed it. They got bought to fast Tax, whatever. A lot of stuff happened. And I ended up working then um, in, I'll say, a small mid-size firm for, you know, a next number of years. And um, that's kind of where I learned how, like, a small firm works, or when I say small, like seven partners who couldn't agree on things, and things would really just kind of stay the same because nobody could agree on how to change. And so that's where I spent, you know,
0: the next decade of my career jody started her career in the big four and she learned some valuable skills but she reminded me that it isn't necessarily the right path for everyone today was there anything you took away from your time there that's really helped you out because uh, i think there's a lot of people listening who are about to jump into a tax busy season here and uh in about three months might be thinking the same thing you were thinking so what are some skills that you really are glad you learned there that they can be focusing on before they head out on their own
1: you know, it helped me learn to think on my feet and learn to communicate better. And and that was the one thing that I did take away from the gazillion hours that we worked there. I don't necessarily believe that's the only way to go, though I know a lot of kids are still taught that they should go big four out of school. Um, I think times have changed. I, I think there's a lot you can learn at other places that, you know, just don't get the credit that they deserve because everyone, you know, forces it down your throat. You should go, you know, big four out of school and and I, I honestly believe that it's not that important anymore, but that's talking from you know, this old lady perspective who now has 25 <laughs> years of experience. So
0: <laughs> that's, that's very interesting. So what are some ways you see younger people, kind of different paths they could take? Do you have an example?
1: Well, absolutely. I think the biggest skill set that's missing and, um, and that these young accounting grads need to focus on is their communication skills. And, you know, they're, they're taught too much um, technical stuff. And depending on where you work, a lot of that technical stuff never even comes into play anyways, or it, it's not going to actually help you in your job. And I'm not saying don't get a CPA, because I absolutely believe you need a CPA. But I also don't think that as much emphasis should be taught on all this gap stuff when the majority of the real world isn't doing gap-based financials. You know, so why is it that everyone is taught that this is, you know, the be all and all when most of America's small business and most of small business doesn't use gap-based financials?
0: So where do you have any resources that you could point people to or either current college students or recent grads?
1: No, I mean, I don't, I, I guess I wouldn't even say, you know, um, resources. I would just say, just keep your mind open, right? Just be open to new ways of doing things and different ways of doing things and and realize that. Accounting is going to be your foundation, it's going to be your background, but as you move up the chain in the real world, um, your soft skills and your communication skills and all those skills are just as important, if not more so account- are important than your technical accounting skills. And I think too many students, they focus on the technical, technical, technical when they should be equally developing their soft skills and their writing skills and all of that stuff as well, because that's ultimately what sets you apart after you get beyond your first job.
0: I completely agree with that. Can't argue with anything you just said. Jody's thought process when deciding to leave her firm was a story I hear all the time. After a particularly awful busy season, she realized there must be a better way. But she tells me she was in for some tough love when she joined her dad's practice.
1: Well, actually, I came off a really bad tax season. I was a young mother. I had uh, small children. And from what I felt at that time was that my contributions to the firm were not being recognized. And I was like, you know what? I can do it better. I can go off on my own. And technology was just starting to change at that point, right? So I grew up in a CPA home as well. My dad always did taxes on the side. So I think eventually I knew someday I would join him. But, you know, the opportunity came. It was a really bad tax season. And I left and I said, okay, dad, I'm going to join you. And at this point, his practice was really um, just 1040s. And he was doing some really high level complex fault or fault state and local tax consulting. And I said, okay, I'm going to join you. And he said, great, I'm excited. And then he said to me, now go find your own clients. And so what he really did was set me up to run a firm right in a new way, because I essentially had nothing. And um, he set me up for success. So maybe at the time, I didn't feel like it was such a great thing. But now, you know, it really told me and it really taught me how to build a business.
0: It was around that time that online accounting software was becoming available and affordable. And the amazing thing about it was this allowed her to add more value to her clients with less work. I realized that it
1: fundamentally changed my relationship with my client and that I could have them do parts of the work and I could do parts of it. And that that technology was really doing the hard stuff and I could add value on top of it. And I could still charge what I was charging for the time. And yet it was taking me two minutes. And and so what happened was is then I realized that the whole business model had a change. It gives you freedom and flexibility and the ability to be more profitable and all this other stuff. And that's why you change, not because like you like technology or you don't like technology. It's because it provides for a new type of lifestyle. And, you know, that's that's what people should be thinking about as to why they want to run a firm this way as opposed to an old school way.
0: I completely agree, especially when you're still adding a ton of value to your clients while also making more profit and having more more time. So that's awesome. Yeah. So for our listeners who haven't uh, gotten around to reading your book yet, you have the book out called The Radical CPA. I was wondering if you could give us a quick summary of uh, what you're sharing in that and uh, why people should check it out.
1: So my book, The Radical CPA, New Rules for the Future Ready Firm, is really, um, it's a manifesto, I believe, of how a new school firm should be run. So even though it maybe hasn't filtered all the way up to the bigger firms, a lot of the small, nimble firms have already adopted many of the methodologies in this book. The book is based on four tenets. Those four tenets are cloud, which is technology, right? Anytime, any where access to financial information, social, social business, or You know, some people call it social media, but ultimately it's just business done via um, social communication tools. Value, where, you know, takes apart the whole idea of a billable hour and that it's not going to work anymore in the next, you know, in the new world, and that we should be being paid for the value we bring to the table, not for the time we spend on a task. And finally, the last piece is process or experience. How do you make your firm have a phenomenal experience so that people go back to social and tweet about you and talk about how awesome you are and bring more value to your brand, which ultimately gives you more value, which ultimately allows you to, har- to charge more for your services while using all these technologies. My firm isn't going to look exactly like your firm. It's just a matter of using these tenets to apply to your firm and your skill set. Because I don't want a bunch of carbon copy new vision firms everywhere. I want firms that represent their owners but just adopt these new technologies and these new methodologies.
0: That's really interesting because I feel like there's a lot of talk of, oh, you need to be on social, but nobody really tells you how or how that's actually going to change your business. And I was reading the, the first chapter online I got from your website. Are you still offering that for free on your website?
1: Absolutely. Um, you can go to theradicalcpa.com and get a free chapter. Feel free to sign up for my newsletter. And if you're on my newsletter, every two weeks, we're sending out all kinds of good stuff. Every two weeks, you'll get a Periscope video of me talking to you for a couple minutes, as well as some additional blogs and information
0: that's not actually in the book. Man, you're already on Periscope. You are ahead with the, uh, the technology. <laughs> most, most startup friends I know don't even uh, get on Periscope yet. So um, for everyone listening, we'll have links to uh, all of that on the show notes for today's episode. So just check that out and click over. And I highly recommend you go check it out. What technology changes do you predict for small firms um, or maybe some that also will impact larger firms or even employees working in corporate accounting? What are some big tech changes you see coming down the pike? I know you mentioned cloud and social. Are there any other ones?
1: Well, I think the biggest one and I think the most disruptive that kind of encompasses all of it is this whole idea of talent and where you should be sitting where you're working, right? Most firms haven't figured out how to really remote work, right? So, (laughs) it's really easy to say you can, you know, take your computer home and you can work from home, but yet has the firm really embraced what working from home means and being results-driven versus um, time-driven. So, I think it's kind of this whole new culture shift around results-only work versus um, the whole-time idea of work, right? And where does that lead to? And and if you really want to kind of freak yourself out is how do you get paid on that, right? And, and this is the stuff that's just starting to evolve because of the whole sharing economy and logging in and like the whole uberization of accounting, right? But think about the whole idea where instead of getting paid on a time model, you got paid on a percentage of work complete model or something like that. And, and I think that's kind of the next frontier that is, like kicks up everything that happens in the radical CPA and takes it to the next level. And so then the question becomes is how do we change our firm to really embrace remote work as opposed to, okay, I work from home from 9 to 5 and log in versus, um, you know, people on my team who are allowed to work at 5 in the morning and not work in the middle of the day, right? So could you imagine that, How how, how disruptive that is? To um, you know, traditional firm, and and I think that's the next level
0: of it. I would love to see that happen. I think it's it's a lot harder for the managers, but once they get it in place, I think it it helps everybody out. So I I would love to see more firms move toward that model. And now, a lot of people listening, just by sheer numbers, probably don't own their own firms right now, but maybe they will in the future, or maybe they're listening to this and they're working at um, in public accounting or in corporate accounting. And technology changes impact everyone, uh, whether you're a staff or a manager or you're, you know, CFO. So how can staff and manager level people help with technology changes or to help drive change um, and really stand out at their job?
1: So I think the big thing is just to support it, right? To be that champion, because um, ultimately as the technology changes, your firm's going to change and that's going to make you more competitive in the the marketplace. So if you want to stay in, like the cutting edge of skill sets, then you need to be engaged with the changes as they happen within your firm, right? Because you don't want to be in a completely paper firm and then try and find a job that's completely technology-driven because you know your skill set becomes obsolete as well. So not only is your prior firm obsolete, Now your skill set is obsolete. So, so you want to continue to learn as much as you can and grow as your firm changes. And the best way to do that is to, you know, champion it and, and, you know, learn as your firm moves through these changes as well. The other thing that I think is really important to note that, you know, you talk about firm ownership. The people who own the firms that kind of scare me aren't the old school firms. It's the firms of the 22 year olds, the 23 year olds who work for a year at big firms and say, forget this, I can run a startup CPA firm. And there's lots of them out out there now. And so that, to me, is my threat. It's not the old school firms that, you know, can't get their arms around change. It's the next gen firm who is, you know, uh, I'll say a couple kids who are still living in their parents' basement who, um, have figured out how to run a startup firm and are adding value and really helping small businesses. And they're really the ones who are disrupting it. It's not, um, you know, I'm the middle, right? And But it's it's that next generation that to me is amazing as to how, because I would have never had the guts when I was 22 years old to, to say, oh yeah, I have two years of experience, I'm going to start my own business. And um, yet the millennials, they don't care. They're like all in, right? And, and part of that's the... the I'll say the advertising of startup mentality and startup culture, et cetera. But to me, it's amazing that it's kind of flipped over to the accounting space and um, zero. And some of the new technologies have really embraced it and really um, just really kind of um, blown it up. And I, I think it's good, but it's also kind of a little scary to me.
0: Yeah, especially it used to be you had to invest tons of money to build these back end systems and have staff on hand to take care of all the filing and stuff. And now you can pay 20 bucks a month for something, like you said, like zero or something and start a business. It's, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a good thing, right? It kind of levels the playing Absolutely. field, right? So, and don't think about – I guess the other thing is is when you talk about technology as a back end and all that stuff is, is that you know, we're, quote, unquote, a global firm and there's five of us. So, like, and we've run up against com- um, clients who are com- competing um, with KPMG Global, which to me is kind of freaky, honestly. Like that, our little firm is competing against KPMG Global for certain accounts because um, be- because it blows my mind, right? And yet those those bids are happening to our firm, and and so so size doesn't matter anymore. It's really technical expertise and. Um, you know, the ability to sell. And ultimately, do we have the, tech, the technical expertise to work on the account? Absolutely we do. And because of the social world we live in, I can connect up to a top 100 firm and get the, tech, the technical skill that I need to finish the job, which I would have never been able to do, you know, 20 years ago, is to say, oh, by the way, I'm connected to a top 100 firm who can totally help me with staff if I can sell this job.
0: Yeah. And again, I think it comes back to your point from earlier about adding value. As long as you're adding value to the clients, it really doesn't matter anymore. Kind of if you have that huge brand name, uh, you can still sell, sell the work and get the job done.
1: Right. Which is really cool. Right. I mean, just think about all the, the entrepreneurial opportunities for CPAs today. I mean, it's, it's pretty exciting.
0: So on a similar note, in the past year or so, we're kind of coming up at the year end here and starting a new year. What is something you've accomplished in the last year that you're most proud of?
1: Most recently is I just won an award for being a LinkedIn top 10 influencer, which means that out of 2 million blogs, my blogs were strictly based on metrics and shares and the virility of them um, won top 10 for being um, under money and finance. So I think that's pretty sick in a good way that, you know, this, and I'll say that me, as a blogger, could have that much impact to beat out 20 million blogs or two, whatever, 2 million blogs um, strictly based on shares, et cetera, which to me is unbelievable. And to me, that's social business. So for all these people who say, oh, social media, dah, 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 it's not worth it. Yeah. So try it, right? And I know not everyone will win those awards, but all you have to do is take a little effort and, you know, put yourself out there and blog and um, be who you are, not someone else. And, you know, the good stuff will come back to you.
0: That's really exciting. Congratulations on that.
1: Thank you. And I, I was going to say, too, just that's the one thing that I think, like, young people or younger um, listeners, nobody tells them about. Again, it's like, you know, just stand up for what you believe in and own it, and put your name out there, and the people who like you will get you, and they'll attract to you, and you'll get opportunities that way, because if you just try and be like everybody else, you're going to be like everybody else, and that's not going to set you apart to do really good things.
0: And it doesn't hurt for your communication skills either, which we uh, referenced earlier, so yeah, definitely writing has been a big help for me also, so I highly recommend that for everyone. If you want to get started uh, with your own firm or even if you're just kind of just trying to get your ideas straight in your head, writing them down is a great way for me to do that. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. So uh, is there anything we haven't discussed here today that uh, you'd like to make sure we cover for everybody before we wrap up?
1: Um, I would just say that if your firm is old school and you haven't been able to incite change, well, i say what well, first thing is to see if you can change where you're at, right? So if you can bring change to the table and help the older partners move towards change, I think that, you know, I think that's really good because I I believe that it's good to help from the inside and to, to change the world that way, right? So if they have infrastructure and you can help them move on the technology path ahead, I think that's great. Um, but if ultimately they won't change, they don't want to change, they can't change for whatever reason, then don't feel yourself stuck in that position and find a job that is going to help you, you know, um keep up with everyone else because I truly believe that um you don't want to get caught in a firm that isn't changing because that's not good for everybody for anybody. It's not good for you, it's not good for them. And um you know, it's just yeah, I just wouldn't want to get stuck somewhere um when you have the power to actually make change.
0: All right, Jody, this has been great. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, before we go again, is there uh, somewhere online, or I don't know if you like to direct people to your LinkedIn or your Twitter or your website, um, so where's the best place for people to find you online if they want to learn more about you?
1: Well, I'm a Twitter girl at heart, so feel free to reach out to me at CPA on Twitter. You can ping me at any time on Twitter, and I'll respond. Otherwise, you know, traditional channels work, but you know, at the end of the day, I'm truly a Twitter girl at heart.
0: All right. Well, Jody, thanks for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it.
1: Cool. Thank you for having
0: me. Each episode, I like to share a little tip or tidbit that, while probably not life-changing, will hopefully help you out in some small way. This is Coaching Notes. Since we're on the topic of technology, today I'm going to tell you about an essential piece of software and a novel way I've started using it to make me more productive. You've probably heard of an ad blocker. It's a piece of software you install on your web browser and it blocks a lot of bad stuff, like ads obviously, but those ads also sometimes contain viruses and malware and an ad blocker protects you from that too. I've recommended ad blockers for years and recently I found one more great reason to install my favorite ad blocker. I don't really like using Facebook. I have an account for my business and I really enjoy seeing pictures of my nephew but I couldn't care less about everything else on there. Still, I often find myself wasting time on the site. I mean, it's designed from the ground up to keep you there as long as possible. And they did a pretty darn good job. A few years ago, I decided to put a fix in place. Every time someone who wasn't an immediate family member popped up on my newsfeed, I clicked the unsubscribe button. It took a while, but now I only get updates from family, and those are few and far between, much more manageable. And that worked great for a while, until some evil genius over at Facebook created the trending sidebar. It's always there, just hanging out on the right side of the screen, waiting to catch my attention with some trivial news about celebrities or sports stars. And you know what? It freaking works. I just spent 10 minutes reading about what Harrison Ford may or may not have said to Donald Trump. That was the last straw. I needed a way to end this once and for all. A quick search of Facebook's help section had disappointing news. You're allowed to tweak the trending sidebar to show news you're more interested in, and obviously click more and stay on the site more, but you're not allowed to turn the darn thing off. Have no fear, I found a quick and easy fix, and I even made a short tutorial to show you how it's done. Get it in the show notes for this episode at abacusshow.com three. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, it's fast and easy to click on that five-star rating in iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. And don't forget, you can get links and show notes for everything we covered today, or check out all of our past episodes by visiting abacusshow.com. See you next time.